Alternative Radio. See, I'm not a huge fan of uh, of how he uh, of of Tom Holland just even being cast in this because I can't like look at him and take him serious as like as like an adult. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't he just doesn't look like an adult. Every time he opens up his mouth, I don't hear like that 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 smooth, suave, wisecracking uh, adventurer Nathan Drake. I hear this is not okay. Not only do they all want to have sex with me, but you know now they want to eat me afterwards. That's that. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I am your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Jay, it's uh, going to be an episode. I mean, that's it. I'm not going to say it's going to be good. I can't I can't promise that anymore. <laughs> I can't deliver on whether it's going to be good or not anymore. It's just... You're it, the only one that doesn't like our episodes, by the way. It's going to be it's gonna be an episode. We it's actually your got own some, self-critiquing that's bringing it down. Well, we, we actually got some news, so we're going to be discussing... We're going to be discussing a few things in the news, because uh, these are just news stories that I, I just really enjoyed. And like, I think that's the only time we're gonna do news is like when I give a shit. I love one news story about that's for the sure. news. Might, might it involve a certain mummy uh, fighting? Mine's more of a wolf. Mine's mine's more about a guy <laughs> that used to fight a mummy. Uh, <laughs> but I love him. And maybe uh, maybe something with Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and then uh, we do have some trailer parks to do. So we're gonna do uh, trailer park breakdowns, uh, brief ones. For Uncharted with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, and my favorite trailer that I've seen in quite some time, and Jay's actually intrigued by it too because he pretty just shockingly it. so. Yes. Uh, Cowboy Bebop uh, Netflix just dropped the Cowboy Bebop trailer with John Cho. Oh, of course, we have a movie to review too. I forgot to mention that we're reviewing a movie. It's not this, just any movie. It's, it's a big a, movie. It's a movie from this small director. Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve, yeah, yeah, that guy, Dennis, Dennis v- Villeneuve. <laughs> <laughs> Denis, Denis, yeah, it, Denis. But if you say it, like, if you just say Dennis Villeneuve, it's just like he sound he sounds like your your English lit professor. Yeah, you know, uh, Professor Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It does sound right, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Every, I can't hear the word. I can't hear the name Dennis without either thinking like you would think my brain would go to Dennis the Menace. It doesn't. It goes to Dennis Raider. I've known two or three Dennises in my life. No, Dennis Raider. That's it. Okay. BTK. Bound, torture, kill. Mm. <laughs> the, Ooh. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 serial killer who was supposed to be uh, you know kind of like the big uh, the big through line uh, for Mindhunter, and then of course they canceled that series. Those fuck faces. I'm still holding out hope. One day. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's One not going to happen. Uh, but, Jay, we uh, got to get into a s- segment that we call Facts. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It's the search for fact, not truth. All right. So this fact comes from a friend of the show, someone that me and Jay both know pretty well. Well, I mean, I guess it's more it's more the name that we know really well. This comes from none other than Richard Lay, otherwise known as 
Dick. Dick Ray. <laughs> Dick, Dick Ray? No, I was just, just thinking about that. What if it's Dick Ray Lay? If that's his middle name, Raymond. Yeah. Richard Raymond Lay. That would it kind of rings. That would be uh that would be strange. That, that But that would be strange. hilarious. Dick Ray like a like <laughs> Dick a Dick Ray like, a, like a Dick Ray? Oh my god. What is this? What is this? Like some sci-fi pornography? You know why it came to me? Because I, I have family Ray. members with the name Raymond and Ray, so it just sort of came to me. Everybody does. It's a very common name, Jay. I guess so. This is not unique to you. Less is more for you. I gotta. <laughs> I feel like you need to be reminded of that every now and then. I suppose you're right, David. Let's play his facts. What's up, Super Movie Bros and Super Movie fans? This is your boy, Dick Lay, uh, calling you from one of my children's closets in Bumblefuck, Alabama. This is probably the only room where you won't hear Fortnite or YouTube or something like that. So I am in hiding. Um, you know, I, I, I tried to think of something that would be new information to Dave and Jay. And I just can't imagine that there's much that I know that they don't about movies. So I figured maybe I would just, uh, you know, give one that maybe the fans hadn't heard of. I got two. I got two. Okay. Uh, one, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho is modeled after Tom Cruise. That's the craziest slash most believable thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, Chris. Oprah. I'm in love. I love Katie. It's, uh, yeah, no, that, this does, that, this tracks. However, you're wrong, Dick. I have never heard this. I have never heard this either. Well, let's continue. Bill is a genius. Tom Cruise is a madman. Uh, it, it just it just fits so well. Okay. Um, but uh, my all-time favorite, as I am a almost 40-year-old man-child, has to do with uh, butts and farts. In, in the movie uh, The Usual Suspects, the famous lineup scene was uh, 12 takes long. And it was supposed to be a far more serious scene for the movie. But Denicio Del Toro and his asshole had other plans. During all 12 takes, Benicio Del Toro could not stop farting, which caused the rest of the castmates to die with laughter after every single take, causing Brian Singer much frustration. Which is odd, because I thought Brian Singer was a big fan of buttholes, but maybe Benicio Del Toro's butthole wasn't young enough for him. No, not at all. Too hairy. Eventually caved, used one of the takes that uh, he thought best represented what he was going for, but it still was just filled with the chuckles of the least known Baldwin and Uncle Touchy and Stephen. <laughs> you know, Benicio and everybody else. So... That's my lame-ass movie fact. I hope none of y'all knew that already. Uh, have a good one. Love the show, guys. Have a good night. That's awesome. Thanks so much, No, Dick. thank you. Yeah, but uh, I so I knew the usual suspects fact. I did not know that one. Yeah, that's a fun fact. That's I knew, a fun I knew fact. that fact, yeah. So it was supposed to be a very serious scene, like, and they're all supposed to be like, you know, angered that like they're they're, they're getting dragged into another sure, lineup and sure. stuff like that and uh it was supposed to be a very serious very serious type scene but uh you know after going back and looking at all the takes because there are serious takes brian singer realized that the actors are their most genuine and 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 it's the it's the best for the movie of them all cracking up and it, it, obviously, it's one of the most famous scenes, and I think that scene is one of the reasons that that movie is so remembered to this day. And it's marketable. 
you know, for promotion, trailers, TV yeah. spots, all happy that. fucking accident. But happy well, accident. I mean, I mean, you're you're supposed to like you know you're supposed to 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 see these guys relate to these guys, even though they're criminals and stuff like that. Yes. And I think if if they were serious and stuff like that, I wouldn't be able to to relate to them. But seeing them like be very carefree about being brought into Human. another police, yeah, lineup exactly, is just like that. Also, instantly adds a level of cool to them as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Benicio del Toro. I mean, like, he's yeah, gonna, whatever, man. I don't give a fuck. He's gonna be a fart boy. Right. You know? <laughs> and as far as Patrick Bateman, um, I did that not is know news that. to me. Yeah, and I. I Maybe, maybe here's something as far as like Christian Bale was model, like monitoring, Mo- modeled himself, modeling himself. But this is, but this is before Tom Cruise. This is before person. Tom Cruise, like crazy Tom Cruise, because crazy True. Tom Cruise only happened in a short period of time. It happened for several months True. in the year of 2002, yeah. and like that was it. And there's a you can fall Scientology down Scientology rab- locked them back up again. Said, no, well, you could <laughs> you could fall down a rabbit hole of like theories about why Tom Cruise was acting that way circa 2002, and a lot of them do have to do with with Scientology. Like there's this whole She's thing. She's got that good pussy. That 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 like Katie Holmes was like. Was was not supposed to be the the Tom Cruise girlfriend. It was like, it, well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. It, it was it was like Scientology was 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 grooming women to be the it's, face of Scientology. Still trying to find the one. <laughs> yeah, to, to be the girlfriend of Tom Cruise to yeah. be like this public face, and Tom Cruise kind of went against the church and started dating Katie Holmes, and apparently like. That caused a lot of strife between him and the church, and you know, eventually, obviously, now he's he's back in the fold. Everything's all good. You can't. Keep oh, he had to write his wrongs. You can't keep a poster boy down. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's he signed up for another ten billion years, another ten billion year contract or something. Who knows? Um, but that that that's like one of those theories. I don't know whether that's true or not. So you can't. You know, it's 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 a theory. It's speculation. So you can't sue me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Good call. Good yeah. call. <laughs> so you can't sue me. Bulletproof. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I really appreciate uh, Dick Lay leaving that leaving that fact for us. That's it's good hearing from him, man. I haven't heard from him in no, in good. a little while. So uh, I, I like I like Thanks hearing for reaching his, out, buddy. I like hearing his voice on the show. I, I just kind of I kind of want to do a segment like I love that he's in his closet. <laughs> yeah, not his closet, his kids' his closet, closet. Even I want to I, I want to do a segment that that's just going to be Dick stories. <laughs> Where Dick Lay just calls in and tells us a story. All right, Jay, uh, let's let's get into this episode proper and let's get into this week's news. All right, Jay, you got some baby goose news. I got two baby goose news items to drop. Two baby goose news. I am excited. Fuck, you suck at English, you know? (laughs) I I love it. I love it. That's what people tune in for. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Do they? (laughs) Do they? I like to think so. It helps me sleep at night. Get your your gosling news, your baby goose news out of the way. Well, one just came out a couple days ago. I'm not... You know, gotta admit, I'm a little surprised by, it, but um, uh, he is in final talks to join the movie Barbie. That's also confirmed to star Margot Robbie, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, and also written by her partner uh, Noah Baumbach, which so is he- an interesting pair. So here's the thing for Barbie: if 
Ryan Gosling's cast, and I as Ken, as Ken, yeah, and I don't get the line from him. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. (laughs) I will riot. I will riot. My daughter loves that song. Oh my god! It's just I. I have. I'm just really intrigued and kind of excited to see what their spin and take is on this because. Especially with Greta and Noah, like there is such a weird indie grounded sensibility couple, and and you know I I don't know what their take on this property is going to be, but it's got to be interesting. And then finally, um, the uh, previous director who did The Invisible Man uh, was signed up to do The Wolfman with Ryan Gosling, and he had a bailout due to scheduling. So Derek C. in France is now come on board, uh, who previously directed him in Blue Valentine and The Place Beyond the Pines. Big fan of him. Uh, that's an exciting collaboration, especially with this kind of property with Wolfman. I think it's going to be really uh, a great spin, and I think they will have a really good grizzly take on it. That's going to be a lot of fun and and uh, enthralling. So, looking forward to that. All right, let's get into our next news story. Now that your baby goose news is out of the way, Jay, let's get into some some big news, some hard-hitting news, some news that makes me hard. So we all knew that Hayden Christensen had been cast in Obi-Wan, the the, the television series, coming to Disney Plus sooner rather than later. Well, I hope. I, I, I know they've started production and stuff like that. So here's hoping it, it, it comes out very soon. I know it's like slated for 2022, but something else that's slated for its release in 2023, Jay, is the Ahsoka series. Ahsoka famously was trained by Anakin Skywalker, who later became Darth Vader, who was played by Hayden Christensen, who has now been cast in the Ahsoka series. Huh. Flashbacks, baby. Interesting. Uh, it was it was it was confirmed by Disney that that Hayden Christensen is going to be in the Ahsoka series, probably in flashback form, playing a young version of Anakin Skywalker, circa the Clone Wars uh, era. And Rosario Dawson sent him a tweet that said, Sky Guy, they know. See you soon. Snips. <laughs> so kind of kind of confirming that that this is this is all going down. I look forward to it. I would love for them to take in these in these series some of the animated stuff that has happened that maybe some people haven't seen. And get uh get some live action versions of that like the the obi-wan darth maul fight that happens in rebels on on tatooine um i would love to see that in live action i would love if that was like the cold open to obi-wan or something like that uh and i would love to see ahsoka's fight versus darth vader in the sith temple in rebels season two finale as well um i think there's there, there's a lot of material that you can mine f- with rosario dawson especially for where she's not a jedi you know but sure she's going to be thinking back on jedi training and the stuff she's learned and all the stuff that she's learned came from obi-wan and more more so anakin skywalker including her mistrust of the jedi and the reason she left the jedi order that also comes from anakin skywalker yeah i find it interesting um you know hayden's barely worked you know ever since jumper flopped in 2008 I, and he's done very I give this guy a pass. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think George Lucas is a terrible actor's director. Sure. Well, I'm not I'm not I'm look, I'm not blaming him for the franchise and his performances as Anakin. Um and I've he's done a lot of great movies that I've liked. Life in a House or Life is a House and then uh, uh Shattered Glass is a great performance, you know, and that. And there's some things that he can do. But, you know, him coming back to back-to-back roles playing 
Darth Vader again. Why not? I mean, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's not, and, get, I, and I think he's got to take it because. But also, yeah, he hasn't been doing much. It, he's not doing anything. This but could also, only be positive for him. It's great for fans because fans. It's been enough time removed where you're going to get excited with him coming back just but, to see what he's going to do. But Jay, if he if he comes back and he knocks it out of the park, right, and he has like a good performance and it's well received, and, and his people face love it, is going to be more aged. You know, it's going to look better. I think. I, I think you might see him get cast in a few more things. After I that. hope it's, so. It's only good. For I him. hope so. Next news story. <laughs> All right, Jay, this one I just thought was very, very sweet. Uh, Paul Walker's daughter, Meadow Walker, uh, got married over the weekend, and Vin Diesel walked her down the aisle. I Aww. saw. It's like the only good thing I've ever heard about Vin Diesel. Family. <laughs> yeah, family. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm not going to comment too much on that. It's just sweet. I think it's nice. Yeah, it's adorable. Next news story. <laughs> so did you know that Disney was filming a new Avengers movie that you and I will never see? No. Unless, of course, we take the Disney Cruise Line because Avengers Quantum Encounter no uh, way. is coming to Disney Cruise Lines in the summer of 2022. It'll star Brie Larson, Brie Larson, Evangeline Lilly, Paul Rudd, and none other than Captain America, Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie. Wow. Yeah. It's like a... Is it a short or is it an actual feature? Uh, apparently, the villain in it will also be Ultron, but not voiced by Vader. Vader. It will be voiced by Ross, Ross Marquand. So I have no clue. He's probably a voice actor. This It's not a movie, technically. This uh, Disney is calling it a cinematic dining adventure. All right. I, I have an idea of what it's going to be like. It's gonna be like a 4D type thing. Yeah, you'll get a smell. Be, you'll get a you, you, you'll get blow, like air blown on you. It's a very light experience. They're gonna make some cracks. They're gonna be hyping up a potential love, mystery or an adventure. I would love for there to be something where it's like really windy and someone and someone goes to <laughs> so, someone goes to like scoop up their rice and it just blows off their fork. <laughs> 4D adventure. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I have no interest in ever going on any cruise. Period. Let alone a Disney cruise. Like, I'm, and I like Disney, but I don't. Want to go on a Disney cruise? Like I have no interest in, in going out on a cruise liner. Plus, they're terrible for the environment. They're awful things. Um, and Brie Larson, you're awful just for just for doing this. I just want you to know that. No, <gasps> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But they're all working actors. But seriously, they're trying I, to make their it, money when they can. I, I, I mean, you I, like. I always I always call them their chips, but like, do you think this counts as one of their Marvel appearance chips? You know what I mean? Like, all their contracts are for a certain number of appearances. Do you think this counts as a chip, or do you think they had to be like five million, ten, ten million? Just do this. Trust me, they were they went back to the negotiating table for that one because More it's than such a weird fringe thing, you know. More than likely, yeah. All right, Jay. Next news story. All right, so I'm going to start rattling through these ones real quick. Uh, the Michael B. Jordan Superman Project, not dead. Uh, it actually just landed writers uh, for the script in Darnell Metarer and Josh Peters. They will write the script. Uh, these uh, recently, they, they recently did the screenplay for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which was announced. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so, look for that in 2025. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know when that's coming out, but presumably we talked about DC fandom last week, and we we talked about all the st- projects that are going to HBO Max. This is another one of those HBO Max uh, coming projects. But hey, I love the fact that that Michael G- B. Jordan heard fans saying like, "Hey, we really want uh, a black Superman story," and Warner Brothers didn't comment, didn't comment. And he's just like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Went to Warner Brothers and greenlit. There it is, love it. Uh, but so that is still very much in the cards. Uh, we but we got another DC story coming up. Next news story. 
All right, Jay. Remember uh, back in the day when Aquaman came out, they announced that there was a movie about the deep. That the, I'm sorry, the trench that was going to be coming. This Aquaman spinoff. R- remember that vaguely, right? We didn't hear a goddamn thing about it at DC fandom, right? No, well, nothing. That's that's uh, it's it, there's a good reason for that. It's been canceled. They're, mm. they're not going to make that movie, and it was not supposed to be about the trench. That was just kind of like a placeholder name for it. Uh, it was supposed to be a Black Manta origin story produced by James Wan. So huh. we, we were going to get to know the villain uh, for Aquaman before we really got to see him in Aquaman 2. And it's like, that's not so bad. But like, is that, can you carry a whole movie I don't as, think, as the villain? I don't villain, think Aquaman as, has that kind of levity or power or, or, or desire for people to go out and watch. Absolutely not. You are correct. Next news story. All right, Jay, uh, this is also DC News, so we're just going to sandwich this motherfucker right in here. The Renaissance continues because Brendan Fraser has been cast as Garfield Lowndes, the Batman villain known as Firefly in the Batgirl movie coming to HBO Max that we heard about at DC Fandom. Yeah. I am excited for this. I'm excited for him. I am loving this. So Brendan Fraser will not only be be playing Firefly in Batgirl. He's also in Killers of the Flower Moon with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jesse Plemons. Uh, he is going to be in the, I believe, the indie film The Whale, where he plays a six hundred yeah. right, where he's playing a six hundred pound recluse. Uh, and his his, I can say this now, his hit TV show on HBO Max, Doom Patrol. Just uh, just for started releasing season three. They're about halfway through the season. Already been confirmed for a season four. Yeah, he's back, baby. Yep. Uh, he is also going to be in Behind the Curtain, um, where he is uh, a person who's been declared dead twice, um, and now he's able to see the past and the future and reincarnations. And, of course, he has been cast in the film Brothers, where he will co-star with Josh Brolin and Peter Dinklage. So not only is he working now, like, but he's working with great people, too. Like high-profile yeah. projects. Fucking Brendan Fraser, man. He's fucking back, baby. He's just he's, he's, It's kind of like a Matthew McConaughey thing. He's like completely rechanged his... Uh, course correction of, of his career, it. but I love it. I, I just watched Bla- no more action star, pretty boy. I just watched Blast from the Past a couple a couple weeks ago. Um, it's not a great movie, but I mean, it's Christopher Walken and it's Brendan Fraser and stuff like that. And Look, it's he has screen presence. He did for days. He did. He does. I like it. I like it. I'm happy about this. Me too. I'm happy about this. Next news story. This one. I quite like because it's for the gamer crowds. Uh, A Quiet Place video game will be coming out in 2022. And so help me God, if the little microphone on my PS5 controller isn't utilized, like if I make too much noise, right? Like one of those monsters comes after me. Whoever's developing this game is not doing their job right. Like that, you have to have an active microphone to play the game. That'd be great. And you have to play it in complete silence. That's That'd be fucking awesome. It's kind of an interesting idea. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know what the game's going to be about. I think that they would have a couple of different options. It's obviously taking place in the world, but it's going to be a fresh story in in the, in the quiet place uh, pantheon. It will not obviously involve the family that we've been following. Uh, and this is being developed by Paramount Pictures, obviously. Uh, Illogica, 
Epitome and Saber Interactive. There's not much other news other than this game is being good made. for Krasinski. I'm sure he's getting a cut. Oh, oh, he's yeah, he's definitely getting, he's definitely getting a cut. His 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 filthy bearded mitts are all in this. <laughs> <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay, this is our final news story, and we're kind of going out on a little bit of a whimper here, but I just thought it was fun. Uh, Bill Murray just casually confirmed that he is going to be in Ant-Man 3, Quantumania. Really? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. Just cash, casually just drops a big, big yeah. zinger like that. Yep. Wow. All right. Cool. Bring yep. it on. He was apparently doing an interview for Frankfurter Algemin Zeitung. I guess he was doing like a German a German interview, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm in that movie." <laughs> yeah, I did it. No, and tell me, Mister Murray. Uh, tell me, and tell me. Uh, I've heard rumors that you are uh, in Ant Man Three. Yeah, I'm in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how casual it gets. Yeah. He's in the movie. This is the time on Sprockets where we dance. <laughs> Only he can pull that off. Yeah. I, I, I just I just wish I had like that devil may care, not ounce of fucks to give type attitude that he has. <laughs> So that's going to do it for our news this week, but we're not ready. We're not ready just yet to get in to our Dune review, Jay, because we do have to get into trailer park. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since trust God saved the right stop. I don't wanna flow until I know that the bass drop. Alright, we're gonna be getting down to doing uh just Two brief trailer park breakdowns. Sure. So, Cowboy Bebop and Uncharted. There, I'm not going to sit here like a fan of each thing or pretend to be a fan of each thing. Because here's the thing: I have played one Uncharted video game back in the day, the very first one when it came out. I was dating a girl who had a PS3, and uh, she used to go to work, and sometimes I'd still be at her apartment, and I played the game there. <laughs> that's it. That's just that's so. I and I never had a I never had a PlayStation. Now I do, uh, so I could probably go back and play those games if I wanted to. But so I'm not like this this big uber nerd of the Uncharted series. I don't know a whole lot about the backstory or anything like that. But I do have some opinions on the trailer that I saw, and then the other one is Cowboy Bebop. And again, I. I've said it many times. I'm not a huge anime fan, but I've seen some Cowboy Bebop. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and stand on on a place of authority and say like, yeah, man, I know everything there is to know about this stuff. I'm just going to be giving my impressions on the trailer. So, Jay, let's get started with the Cowboy Bebop trailer. <laughs> In this solar system, if the cops and the bounty hunters don't get you, the syndicate will. There's no happy ending here. Spoken like a man who's never been in love. I was. What happened? I was dreaming. What do you say, fellas? 
You want to team up? I was thinking a 60-40 split. Going my way, of course. Do not shoot her. Please? No. <laughs> what the actual fuck? So side-by-side -side comparisons, having never been like a huge fan of the show, never really watched the show or anything like that. I've seen a few episodes. I think I, I, I remember hearing fans being worried that like this isn't going to capture the feel of that anime. And it's like from what I've seen of it and that side-by-side -side comparison of the of the opening sequence for the 2021 show coming uh, in, in just a few weeks to Netflix to the 1998 anime uh, opening they got the feel down like it's this yeah it's this space noir western that um has a, a, an oft kiltered brand of se a, a sense of humor it's right it's so aware of itself and sexy and uh, there's so much a sense of um you never know what's coming around the corner no, at and, any given moment. And I love the way John Cho looks here. Love I, John Cho. Love the casting Big there. time. And I, and, I, and I know like some people were like, ah, he doesn't really look like the character. It's oh, not, no, it's not it real. doesn't matter. I, I don't picture, care. I picture someone younger playing. I've heard, uh, I've heard a bunch of He looks of awesome. He's delivering the lines perfectly. I love John the, Cho. The voice sounds great. It, it's Anything works. John Cho does is going to automatically at least get my attention a little bit. So I'm, exci I'm excited to see that. And I think the rest of the cast looks looks great as well so i mean it's and it obviously sets you up with this sense of like intrigue right like he's dead right he's dead but now he's come back to life and he's not going by whatever name he went by before he's now spike Spieg or spiegel or whatever he's, you know and so it's yeah. like uh there's there's definitely this this intrigue to him right uh he's not quite who he says he is uh because she even drops the line in the very beginning to him of uh you know um you know, do, do they know what you what you used to be or what you used to do? So, uh, I'm also you know I th I think Danielle Pineda she looks fantastic in it. Mustafa Shakir, my God, that dude looks scary. But he's yeah he's also like the the calm, cool, collected. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun dynamic ahead I think. of them. So I I very much look forward to this. It drops November nineteenth on Netflix, and it's a ten episode season. So. Yeah. So. I I'm I'm gonna binge watch the shit out of this. <laughs> I think it seems like it is that kind of show. Yeah, and I think Netflix pur purposely waited until like the end of the year to to drop this because it always seems like their big tentpole projects come in like the fall just for the holiday season. I mean that's usually when Stranger Things used to drop and everything like that. Now who knows when Stranger Things is gonna drop? What's it been by the time it comes out? Three years since that series since we last seen that series. Does anybody even care about Stranger Things anymore? Are we looking forward to to the to the finale of that to the wrap up yeah. is season four even the wrap up to that <laughs> is it even the I end i hope so i don't know yeah i'm just i'm almost exhausted. i'm ready no i'm ready i'm, I'm ready. almost tired waiting for it <laughs> i i know i completely <laughs> forgot about it 
But Cowboy Bebop looks fantastic. Uh, I would like to hear comments from people who... Um, I really want to hear yeah, comments, so are, hit us up. Like, I know my friend... Hit us up on the hotline. Let us know your thoughts on there, even. I know my friend Shampoo uh, is is a fan of Cowboy Bebop, so I would like to I would like to hear his thoughts, or anybody's thoughts, really. Uh, obviously, we drop... we at it In the show description, there's all the information. You can leave us a voicemail. You can reach out to us on social media. But I want to know, like... Seeing this, like as a fan, does this alleviate some of those like worries that I know like a lot of hardcore fans of Cowboy Bebop had? And uh, I think I'm gonna watch the anime. I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out before the show comes out. Because um, I've been getting into some anime here and there. I've been able to to get things to like. And I've already been told that like if you don't like anime, try Cowboy Bebop before trying other anime mm. just like i told you that that, that, that you would like akira so akira, like check yeah. check out akira and you you which i respected it yeah. I, I enjoyed it for the most part yeah uh, i did watch an anime that was similar in vain to this that was called outlaw star um so but i i've never watched cowboy bebop and i want to check it out all right jay let's get into our next trailer uh this one is for sony's uncharted there are places out there you can't find on any map they're not gone. They're just lost. Hey, kid. A little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? This is the path that Ferdinand Magellan took to sail around the world. You know your history. It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion easy. I think you're here because you're your brother. Well, you know my brother, Sam. If you find that gold, you find him too. You have no idea who you partnered with. I've been dreaming about this stuff since I was a kid. My brother, Sam, left one final clue. What? You're about to get a proper Scottish welcome? <laughs> That's the only part of the trailer I liked. Gonna be honest with you. <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> Way worse than that. Uh, but no, I mean, so here's the thing. Like, here's what I'm picking. Like I said, I played the first game. Um, it looks like this story is going to mix and match uh, certain plot lines from a lot of the of the uncharted games there's four uncharted games um i think there's other ones that were on the psp and stuff like that but i know there was there's four main uncharted games but that whole airplane sequence wasn't in uncharted wasn't in uncharted 1 that was in uncharted 3 so i was like oh okay i mean i guess i mean i and that's something i remember from the uncharted 3 trailer like the video game trailer uh, so I, it looks like they're going to be mixing and matching. I'm, I, again, I'm probably going to get corrected by people who are huge fans of it and stuff like that. I didn't have a PlayStation during the PS3, PS4 era, so I didn't get to I didn't get to play these games other than the first one because uh, I was putting in a girl who owned a PS3. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> the perks, the only good perk about it, not not the putting it in part, the fact she had a PS3. <laughs> yeah, 
that was the Andy Good part. Um, <laughs> the sacrifices we make as men. Yeah, yeah to, to, to just to play a game. It's also where I played God of War three. Uh, yeah. as well. Um, Having sex and playing video games. Couldn't tell you about one mm. fun thing me and that girl did, but I could tell you every video game I played on her PS three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that tells you about the relationship, or what that, or what that just tells you about me. <laughs> A lot. A lot. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I watch this trailer and I immediately go like, all right, Mark Wahlberg uh, playing like a supporting character and stuff like that. He talks really fast. You know, and he's got that tough guy atmosphere and stuff like that. He's Mark Wahlberg playing Sully. Very straight. Very under. I, I don't know. I feel like he's a, vill- a secret villain or something like that. Sully is not. No. Don't worry about it. No. Oh. I mean, he may not be telling Nathan everything. Because but- he was just sleepwalking through this movie let's get let's get the tom holland all right right, let's get to him i can't get by his squeaky voice man like he just has a squeaky voice he's not a normal action hero i can't watch this you can't you can't cast him anymore in these kind of films yet i can't watch him in this and and look at him and go like i buy him as the globe trotting action adventurer nathan drake like and I showed especially you, not as a wisecracking like smooth guy. And I showed you who everybody wanted to play Nathan Drake if they had made this movie years ago when they should have. Nathan Fillion. They did a fan film with Nathan Fillion sure. as him. Perfect. Sure. Exactly. Perfect. He looks like a man. <laughs> he looks like a full grown ass adult, and he's really good at, 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 at he. You could buy him as a tough guy, mm-hmm. but you also buy him as a wisecracker mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland. I buy him as the wisecracker. I don't buy him as the tough guy. I don't buy him as this globe trotting adventurer, right? Not like, at all. I, at all. I don't. I like. I look at this, and it's like I wanted. I, I wa- it's, it's bad casting. I want my Uncharted movie to be on par with Indiana Jones, or at the very least, National Treasure. <laughs> like if you and, can, and if you can't reach the heights of Indiana Jones, and to make things worse, Ruben Flesher is the director. Oh yeah, Ruben Flesher. Yeah. And we've seen him fuck some shit up. He really knows how to fuck shit up. Gangster Squad. Uh, oh, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. Suicide Squad. No, not Suicide Squad. What else did Ruben Fleischer do? Um, oh, Venom. Venom in, in, in 2018. First Venom. The first Venom movie. And now this. And it's just like, you know, I just. Zombieland, which I do like. I like. Zombieland 2, not as good as Zombieland 1. But still, I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I watch this and I'm just like, I'm not buying what they're putting down. Antonio Banderas seems like generic villain. Just absolutely generic. I know, no, like, there's nothing interesting about him. Why? This is not a knock on Antonio Banderas. Why cast someone like him who is about as bland as unsalted corn chips? Like, why not cast someone like, um, I mean, I know he's cast all over the place, but Giancarlo Esposito. Because Giancarlo Esposito looks, he just, he looks interesting. His presence is commanding. I see Antonio Banderas and I kind of see like, he looks, he always looks jittery. He just looks like real jittery. I don't know what it is about him. It's just like, not intimidated by you. Especially with how skinny you are right now. Not to mention the last Antonio Banderas movie I saw. I haven't seen him in ages. Was the hitman bodyguard's wife. Oh, you watched that? I did watch that. I reviewed it on the show. I got an F uh, <laughs> or a D minus, whatever. It was bad, but but that's the last movie I saw him in. Ugh. So also like the last movie I saw him in left a really bad taste in my mouth. But it's like I can't buy Tom Holland as an adult. The only thing I can buy him in as an action star is when you slap that spider suit on him because it's all about it's all about a because kid. That's the character. <laughs> it just works. And, and that's 
why it was such a good casting choice. I know, and it's not like he's not he's not well no, built. I'm, and I'm being dead serious. He's a he's a well built kid. So like, I believe he could kick some ass. He's gonna have to do the Hayden Christensen thing and just and, go away and, for a while. Well, not, not just go away for a while, but just like play period pieces or you know something what? like that in the wheelhouse more instead of trying to play adult characters. I have learned dramatic. I have learned this or action here. I have learned this and and. Friends of the show, miscast and Cherry as well. People, people who are who are parents know this. You want to age somebody up? Him and him and Zendaya got to have a kid. <laughs> you will see. You will see wrinkles on the face of Tom Holland like that. However, he is rich, so my, my guess is he probably won't be. He probably won't feel the wares of parenthood quite like the rest of us do. But but you want to age him up? No. Give him a kid. Yeah. That's that's when you start seeing the celebrities this. getting Botox in their lips and shit. I would I would have went with a lot of different action stars for this. Chris Pratt. There's so I many would've, options. I would have went with Chris there's Pratt. There's so many Maybe options. Maybe he was busy. Um, I there's so many people I would have went with over this. Hire a fucking cheaper up and coming actor that fits the role better. You know, like things like that. And then you have Mark Wahlberg as the star to bring the people in. Fuck it. I would I would have gone with Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Drake. <laughs> That would have been fine too. I know it's weird. It's so weird. I don't. I, I just can't. Th- this is just really poorly cast and poorly managed. This pro- these producers really fucked this up. I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if it's gonna matter all that much because the general audience. Now I understand hiring Ruben Flesher because his style works for uh, video game movies. You know, it's very sure. slick. It's stylish. You know. You know all but, that like, kind of fun stuff. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to like get it down too much because like. You've now seen the source material. I showed you the source material sure. and stuff like that. Yes, you don't buy him as an action star, but that doesn't mean that my barometer for 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 the average viewer, my mother, doesn't see. Oh, that's the kid who plays Spider Man. I like him. That's that's what Sony was going for. Yeah, and it's fucking Sony. I hate Sony. Yeah, that's I, what Sony was going for. The average viewer sees this and goes, "I like Tom Holland. He's a bankable star." That's why you put him in this over other people who may have been better cast. For I this understand. Role. I understand. I understand. So, but I don't like the way this looks. It's I'm, just not a good trailer, you know. As well, on top of it, no, so no, it doesn't just, help matters. But I, I, I was while I was watching this trailer. You know what it reminded me of? What, what was that movie with uh, with Matthew McConaughey where he was like the adventurer in Egypt and stuff Sa- like f- uh, Sahara? S- Sahara, yeah, whatever. It is. Sahara. Yeah, Sahara or, Sahara. I, want, I wanted to say Gold Rush, but I, I think well, he did Gold Rush as well, but that's okay. a different movie. <laughs> a different that's movie. a drama. Okay. <laughs> no, it's Sahara. I know it is. Yeah, so I I I think of that, and like this trailer feels a lot like that because it's like here's our hero on a boat, here's our hero in a fight, here's our hero looking cool. Here's I remember our that hero. <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey and and I think Steve Zahn too. Yeah. They both rode around in an RV across the country promoting the, that movie awesome. with like Sahara like all over the fucking. Bus. I would love to do that. I would love to just be in a it's movie. It's kind of awesome. It fits them. Their, I would just love to be in a movie and just be like, and they're like, all right, so we got you booked in New York. We got you booked here on this talk show. I'd be like, ah, da, 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 da. I I'll want, get there when I get there. <laughs> I want to drive around on an RV. <laughs> Why? Because me and Steve Zahn are going to smoke a lot of pot. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> He does not sound. He does. I mean, I look. My impression was awful. Your impression wasn't even close to anything the man's ever. I said. wasn't really trying that hard. <laughs> but like, I I want Uncharted to be successful though, right? Because 
I want it to be good. I a I never want any movie to be bad, but but b I want there to be that first. It's just frustrating. That's all it yeah, is. That's, I want there to really be that first video game movie that really knocks you know knocks it out of the park and opens the door for other video games that have great stories to be told on the big screen. I want there to be good video game movies. We we still technically haven't Sonic is like the closest goddamn thing and Mortal Kombat. Uh and not even the new one, the nineteen ninety five one is still the best is still the best one. Um yeah, I, I want it. We, we we got Welcome to Raccoon City coming out soon, which is an actual proper adaptation of the of the video game series. However, I haven't seen a trailer for that that makes it look good. It looks real cheesy and I don't mind that. I, I like cheesy, but that's the reason that, that I halfway enjoyed some of the other Resident Evil movies because they were awful and cheesy. I don't want that this Resident Evil movie to be the exact same way. I want them to do something halfway decent with it. But no one's ever going to take a video game movie seriously or put any serious type of, of money, director, or anything behind it until one of them knocks it out of the park. Sony is the closest one to doing it right now. Ruben Fleischer, whether we like him or not, he's a he, he's a name and he's someone that that uh, a studio can put a big a budget. Shooter. Yeah. Yeah, they, they can put a big budget in front of and not and not have it be completely squandered. You know what I mean? And they they they've obviously put the money in with their with their two main actors, with their and, and with their with their and he made them a billion dollars with Venom. Yeah. Right? So Yeah, exactly. So I mean and 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 with their with their supporting cast as well. I mean they're they're putting money into this. They want this to be successful. We can only hope that that's the end result, but I don't think it's gonna be. So that's gonna do it for Trailer Park. But Jay, we are not done because we got your boy. Denis Villeneuve, and we have a review for his movie, which a lot of people are singing the praises of, Dune. Do you often dream things that happen just as you dreamed them? Yes. You inherit too much power. What did you see? The future. As I do, kill them all. There's a crusade coming. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House of Trades? It's time. One day, the legend will be born. A great man doesn't seek to leave. called to it. I must not fear. If Dune taught me anything, my watching experience over the weekend, it's this. Jason Momoa should never shave his face completely (laughs) ever again. I don't mind it. It's interesting. It's very exotic looking. I don't know. I didn't don't, like it. No. No. It's just like too. It. Ti- it's just too much time removed. I think. Yeah. No, no. one's seen him shave face like that. Also, it was probably because it's probably because I saw him with a beard at the beginning of the movie, and then like then he shaves it off, and he's sitting down to to dinner with them all, and yeah, I'm just he's like back from battle, now. and I'm just like, what the hell? I know. Is that? Momoa's bro. Oh no, that is Jason Momoa. I was like, his cheeks are chubbier than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but no, uh, this is a movie about a a, a feudal system government. There's uh, there, there's an emperor. There's there's dukes. There's lords. There's all these different uh, families that that kind of run the show in uh, ten thousand A.G., which is you know a lot of people are like oh ten thousand you know whatever houses and emperor right. And, you but know, but but that is after worlds. The, basically A.G. is is after the the the, the guild uh, the, the, this this galactic government has taken over. So it's ten thousand years after that galactic government took over, which is from what I've gathered from from material is kind of like. 20,000 years into the future before that government. So we're talking like 30,000 years into the future now that this kind of takes place. And it's after an uprising of, of uh, synthetics or, or, or robot of AI and the humanity fought off the AI. And after that, this government was formed with an emperor at the top of it. And it's been the same Imperial family that's been ruling for, for these 10,000 years with these families that are deeply entrenched in, in the worlds that they run and the lands that they own and everything like that. And the importance of spice in this is everything is the fact that they don't get into it too much in this movie, which really bothered me. I was surprised too, but very like, surprised. I knew that spice prolonged life. I knew that's that that spice uh, had 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 like healing properties. It has it, it, it can rejuvenate, and it, it also uh, helps your mind work at like peak level of performance. Because in a yeah. world post uh, uh, an artificial intelligence uprising, no thinking machine is allowed to exist. So you cannot have a calculator. Because it's a thinking machine, so there you're, you essentially are evolving into right. a more better yourself, your so, better self, whatever your so, peak self. 100%. So when you have a world that's built off of essentially trading between these major and minor houses and stuff like that, sharing their goods with somebody else, and 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 this whole you know galactic commerce that's going on, but you can't have a navigation computer because that would be thinking, Jay. You have to run these ships without thinking. So what is Spice used for? The navigators. Because they have to, they have to calculate complex equations to navigate these starships, and that spice helps them do it. But yeah, they don't get into that. They they mention it very briefly that the spice is used for navigators and stuff it, like that. It was a big surprise for me. It was a big surprise for me. But like, here's this here's this resource that we're going after, and it's very much supposed to be an allegory for oil and the Middle East and stuff like that. Even sure. when the book was written, um, so. For them not to really get into the importance of spice and why this all fucking matters was the first thing in my mind where I was just like, what, what about the space cocaine? Like, why aren't we getting into the space cocaine? Well, well <laughs> Tell me more about the space cocaine. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Well, that's the most important thing to tell the audience who doesn't know the property of Dune. Yeah. You, you don't, uh, they don't fully really impact, uh, the viewer, as far as knowing why they're going over and beyond to acquire this spice, and why is this so important, and why is it used for all these different kind of houses and, and worlds? What the movie does tell you, is, I mean, they do a little bit, but it's not enough. We knew we knew that it was important for for or at least show so a character like do a fucking bump of it <laughs> and see some kind of effect. You know, what well, we do. We do. I don't, uh, I don't want to get a little into bit, it. A little bit. Yeah. We, 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 we do see effects. Yeah. But mainly on Timothy Chalamet's character. Yeah. Um, but, but it has, it has but different even, effects on... But even on, still, it wasn't, it's not really what you're looking say, for. It has different effects on him than it has on other people anyway because of his lineage and because of 
the whole Messiah yeah, thing. We yeah, we don't want to <laughs> spoil too much right now, but yeah, but but because of the whole yeah you know, Messiah thing. But all right, so essentially, there's the there's these Harkonnens. Uh, they they run uh, Arrakis, the, which is the planet that has the spice on it, and the planet is taken away from them by the Emperor, and it's given to the Atreides, and uh, that is Timothy Chalmay, uh, who plays Paul, and his father, Duke Leto Atreides, and they now take over to Spice Production. The great Isaac, I, uh, Oscar Isaac's beard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first, first things first. Studly, man. He's Oscar a studly, Isaac's beard. studly guy. Did a better job acting as Oscar Isaac than Oscar Isaac did. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I like I was not in love with Oscar Isaac in this movie. I don't think his performance was anything where I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like that dude's a dude who can chew up the scenery and stuff like that. I, I understand the character's supposed to be a more reserved type character. It, I, I don't know what it was. I just wasn't like immediately drawn to him like I normally am. Um I was. No, or, I, I was. Or I, was his beard just overshadowing it for me? Because I think I respect the beard a little bit more than you do. <laughs> um Oh, I envy the beard. I can't grow a beard, motherfucker. Um, you just get the patchiness. Yeah. yeah. So, no, that that is my name. I'll just go right into it. I mean, it leads, you just kind of teed me up for that. But that really leads into my main dislike of this movie is you ultimately are not drawn or care about any of the characters all that much to be emotionally invested within the story when you're going along. You are going through the motions and understanding the story and the, and the, and the scope and relevance, but really what you're, you're, you're going on a ride for right now is the technical feast because it's an experience film. In the theater, with the sound and the fucking visuals, it's it's a bombastic visual orgasm. Right, so, and, so, so you, said, you said the sound, so I want to get into that first. Uh, first off, Denis Villeneuve always been great at at sound. Like sure. I think I think of Arrival and stuff like that. I think of Prisoners, sound, yeah, Prisoner, you know, things you know. like that. Uh, how I will say this: this is the best Hans Zimmer score I've had in a while. In a while, there was no there's a there's a little bit of it, but it wasn't it wasn't all encompassing like it has been in a lot of Nolan's movies. Um, it, Particularly, and and that might be a thing that no one asks for requests, you know. Of oh, of, it's a collaboration of, to yeah. some degree, yeah, yeah. So, but it, here, I, I I think I think it's a much more understated score. It's definitely a score that 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 helps with mood and feeling. And but stuff he's also like that. a huge Dune fan as well. So he's okay. it's kind of like everybody right. behind this property, technically, yeah. And 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 the artists and the actors and everybody, they love this property. Like this is a passion project. A huge studio passion project, I which is kind of funny. You I know? have friends who love this property. I have my friends, you know, Mon know, Monty, Chris, Donnie, like they love this property. So I've been talking to them about it because I've never read the source material. I know enough about the source material, but I've never Me read too. the source material. Me too. So, and, well, you've never read any book ever. Well, so. I, yeah, but I know <laughs> a very high level understanding of what this story is. Uh, but it's again, Jay's last this, book was Goosebumps Say Cheese and Die. <laughs> this is part one. And it does hinder on that aspect where it tees up a lot of, especially a lot more action and stuff and and and, so, and lore in part two because that's the, that'll be the remaining if, story if, of the book. But. If when Dune the title screen shows up and it says Dune in that really beautiful like orange yellowish hue and then Dune appears and stuff like that, if in parentheses at the bottom it didn't say part one, it would probably drop my letter grade. It would pro it would probably drop my score an entire letter grade. 
Oh, well, it did. It did a a quarter for me. Yeah, regardless. But it, it needed. But I understand. I know. Say, I, well, saying course, that it's part one is the is is something that like kind of saved this. For well, me. today they got confirmation that part two is confirmed. It Greenlit, is confirmed. Yeah. Um. Uh. I believe October of twenty twenty three. Yeah. So and 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 that's something that was in production while this was in production, and and it was also in in now like yeah, again, unfortunately, a fringe project where they didn't give the green light to film this back to back, which they should have. No, no. But I I did read some things where some things for the second part have already been filmed while filming this movie. I could see that. I could so, see that. Uh, but Jay, uh, you know, you talked about the visuals and apparent the, the the visuals, the visuals, and uh, Christopher Nolan agrees with you. He says it's the most seamless marriage of live action photography and computer generated visual images that I've seen. This is a real gift. I'm not kidding. It's true. It's 100 percent true. I don't know where the CGI Other starts the, and the human beings end. The practice, like the fighting armor, like the the shield around your body. I think that works. No, I think that works. That's the only thing that you can tell that is computer generated. Yeah, I get that. Okay, yeah. I thought, that, I thought, I thought you meant it didn't look no, good. No, 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 no. So, no, I, I get it was, that. no, it was fine. That is it. Yeah. I'm telling you, everything looked real. That was so trippy for me. So on this... Uh, on this, And I had the best seat in the house in IMAX. <laughs> on this journey that... that, that Paul and his father take to Arrakis and stuff like that. I think they do a great job of setting up intrigue. I don't think they set up plot very well, but they set up intrigue. Like I'm intrigued about the mother and 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 her people, yeah, and the power that that that, that they wield. Very much so. Um, I I'm intrigued by the Harkonnens and and you know what is going on with them. Also, the the Imperial like guards, the Imperial army that shows up, kind of like those mercenaries. I was very intrigued by the fact that they're drinking water from the blood of like guys who were all strung up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, all right, these these guys are tr- not, not just badasses; they're fucking monsters. And I'm very intrigued by by, by the Fremen and everything that's going on with them. They set up great intrigue. I don't think they set up a great story because here's the thing: the story doesn't start until the end. Right. This was a two hour and 40 minute long prologue. prologue. <laughs> and I understand that everybody. It's true. It's true. I understand that everybody who's read the book is just like, but this is just the first half of the book. Like the second half gets truly crazy. I'm not. So, it's a movie, though. Right. So we needed to yeah. we needed to set up a, a not not a traditional three story arc, you know, three three chapter arc or anything like that. But it needed to have a beginning, middle and an end. And I do think that, like, for 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 the character of Paul, it kind of does. I was going to say it kind of does, but not quite an ending. No, it's not a, quite a, a little bit, but not really. But here's the thing. Star Wars, which takes a lot of of stuff from Dune, like George Lucas was a Dune fan. So the, the whole thing about like the evil empire and yeah. stuff. So like that. stupid boys that say this is a ripoff of Star Wars. It's not. It's the other way around. Yeah. Star Wars is kind of a ripoff of this. Even Han Solo was a spice smuggler. So. <laughs> Even 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 the drug of choice <laughs> moves over into 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 Star Wars. But anyway, um, so all of that 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 goes on in the first part of this movie, this entire movie, the two hour and forty minute runtime of this movie, Star Wars would have boiled down into an opening crawl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the time I was done, uh, I looked at my wife and I was just like, I understand why people love this source material, and I I do kind of want to read the book now because I want to see what so many people love. 
love about it. Um, I, I was just late to the game in life getting into nerdy stuff. You know, I, I didn't get into nerdy stuff until I was graduated high school and in college. And I've never had anybody who really championed Dune to me until like recently when I with with my friends like Chris uh, Monty and Donnie. Uh, they they all love Dune and stuff like that. So their their infectious fandom has made me want to kind of look into it a little bit more. But anyway. When when this was done, I looked at my wife and I just went like, "They could have just made this an opening crawl. They could have just scrolled this up on the screen and been like, and we pick up with Paul with the Freeman. And but, it's like, yeah, all right, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> but Denis is a very particular filmmaker oh, who yeah. only does things the way he wants to do things. Like he would never do it. And credits, he say he stated like he's I not get that. he's not that. He, he he's a normal filmmaker <laughs> who who's allowed to play in the in the high budget realm right now at the current state but um you know ultimately i think it succeeds it but does. i think for the average moviegoer it's a bit underwhelming because it was for me because I was a and, little let down as far as my overall impression. And it's also not a flop for Warner Brothers per se, given the current market. This is the most profitable WB opening during the pandemic era. So it brought in $41 million at the box office between Thursday and Monday and, and, and Sunday. So obviously that doesn't make this movie's budget budget back by any means at all but you also can't measure the 1.9 million viewers on HBO Max Thursday through Sunday and and the amount of money that that Warner Brothers has brought in by doing this gambit of this year of having people subscribe so that they can get movies day and date with the theaters sure so but apparently Warner Brothers was happy enough with the critical reviews and with the money that's coming in for them to say let's let's do two. Let's let's green light the next one. It's the smart move. It really is. Really I think like someone at Warner Brothers was is just a fan. Whether they're a fan of Villeneuve, whether they're a fan of They of still the, waited until Wednesday after. Right. They uh, they, sure. didn't, they didn't they didn't Trust me, they they had long and many meetings about that. I think I think because this movie does spark a conversation, it, it keep, does get people who and, see it. It and, does, and get like them I talking. said before, everybody involved with this project loves this project and wants to be a part of it. Yeah, and was hyping it up, calling it man. People, there are some people think this is a fucking masterpiece, and I'm like, visually, this is a I'm masterpiece, like, well, which it is, a hundred percent. Technically, Jay, this is one of those movies but, I could watch on mute. You know what I mean? Like we I talk, know, I know. Like and we talk about three hundred. I can watch three hundred on mute. A it's a perfect of example of a great background movie. Yeah, you just literally just throw it on. But I'm sorry, but you 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 put this up against something like twenty forty nine, and I've heard people complain that twenty forty nine is boring. They don't understand the story, or the story's not, not not put up on front street enough for them, and stuff like that. And it's like I get that, but I think because I'm such a big Blade Runner fan, maybe maybe that made that a more enjoyable yeah. experience for me and the people who love that dune, world speaks to me more yeah but, but i think the people who love dune i think this for them the is, more fantasy oh is side perfect. of sci-fi yeah I, I i think if you're a fan of dune you watch this and you go fucking hey this is great i um but again like we talked about as far i i, I was a little surprised that we had pretty much the exact same impressions and uh yeah and um you know about this film but I'm gonna see it again before it leaves the theaters. Um, I, I I have I will watch this again before the second one comes out, and that's about it. Yeah, no, I know that. I, it's not that's that's one of my 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 drawbacks as well. It's like I don't think it's gonna have a crazy 
significant amount of repeat viewers or people wanting to watch it on TV because it does not no. suit TV. And like, here's the thing. I also said I'm a huge fan of 2049. It was, I, I think it was our number one movie of 2018 or, two, or 2019 think, yeah. when, that, when that came out. But so I've watched that movie now three times in the three years that it's been out. Like it's not, not not a lot, and two of those times were the year it came out. When it came out, when I when when I got it on 4K, but certain and, things like that, I'm I'm kind of that way yeah. too. I'm fine with that though. It doesn't diminish anything for me. There's only certain movies that I can literally put on and repeat for, because it's a it puts me in a mood and a state that yeah. I like to be in and kind of washes. Yeah, over. okay, yeah, I get it. And and Blade Runner certainly does that to some degree sometimes, but. Um, it's just like La La Land or like Drive. I'm listing all these fucking Gosling movies. Um, <laughs> the, the, I I usually try to save for like once a year. Yeah, I I still got to get you your uh, your Timothy Chalamet Paul Atreides uh, toy so that you can uh, so that you can retire 2049 oh. Baby Goose and you can start jerking off to. I can't to retire him. Uh, he's he's all sticky. He's covered with your goo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've jerked gooey off. Goose. You've jerked the gooey goose. <laughs> <laughs> gooey baby goose uh, <laughs> maybe i'll put him next to uh uh ken goose yeah <laughs> barbie goose yeah there you go yeah, uh, i don't know no i mean so like look i i was enraptured with this movie i was I, I was engrossed by it my my eyes were glued to the screen but only because it's like you're not emotionally invested yet no yet it's, not it's, yet it's like seeing i'm the hoping most, it'll happen this movie was like seeing the most beautiful sunset over a trash dump. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just looks gorgeous. And then someone tells you, yeah, that's the uh, noxious fumes and the sun's light reflecting off of it that makes it so beautiful. But you don't really love it. You're just being tricked into yeah. loving it because it's so pretty. And it's like, I didn't care about the story. I thought there was so much more that they could have fleshed out. And, and there's the so spice much- in particular needed to be done for sure or handled more appropriately. But also, I just felt like there were so many quiet moments where it's like I know, like in a book, this quiet moment is filled with inner dialogue and stuff, like inner thoughts and stuff like that, and inner narration. Yeah. And, and but and here, it's just like I like I, I felt like we got to know the planet of Arrakis as a character, and I felt like we got to know the the, the frame in a little bit and stuff like that. And I'm definitely intrigued by them and what's going on, and I'm definitely intrigued by Paul and the prophecies that he's seeing, and he's very much so, yeah, yeah. And, and and everything that's going on with his character. But like as far as like this this kind of like Game of Thrones esque, you know, the 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 the, the wow. noble the noble Atreides who are the Starks versus versus the Harkonnens who are the rich sure. and, and powerful yet fat and bald uh lannisters <laughs> like i th- that's while watching this i was kind of like making comparisons in that way and the, the, really quick what do you think of the fight scenes oh i loved them i thought they were good I thought they're all right i i wasn't blown away i, I wasn't good. blown away i was i was expecting a little bit more yeah no i thought i wasn't I, I thought they were good um wasn't blown away. yeah there wasn't anything where i was like oh my god i did but they lo- do a lot of sword play that's the thing well in there's this a reason, world yeah because you know because if you shoot someone's shield with a laser which is fun you yeah. essentially cause a a, a a subatomic nuclear reaction that will cause an explosion that will kill hundreds of people on a battlefield instead of just the one target that you had. So after the shields came out, they they got rid of laser weapons and they've had to use weapons like swords or assassination weapons like that uh like that like that drone blow dart that goes after right. Paul at one point. And also the 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 drill like bullet that slowly burrows uh has to go three to six centimeters per second to penetrate a shield uh in this world. And that's why uh that's why certain characters who get shot with that thing 
happens to them because it's just it wears the shield down enough. By yeah. Way. No, I mean, I, I find that kind of stuff interesting, and I, I think it's it, I mean. it, it adds to the benefit of the fight sequence. This definitely but. this definitely is a world that first, when we get introduced to it, I love the fact that like it already feels lived in. It already feels real because you know the, the characters feel real. They're not they're not over explaining their world. And like I said, I understand I understand the world. I just felt like there were there were certain aspects of. Of, of like the spice and, and stuff like that. Like, mm. why is this so important? Why is it almost religious to the frame and stuff like that? Maybe we'll get to that stuff in the second one. But here, I, I just kind of felt like it's weird. It took so long to get it there. It did not handhold the audience. No, but I felt thrust in as well, where like we're in the beginning and they're like, all right, we're taking over, o- o- over Arrakis. And it's like, okay, all right, we're in Arrakis. And it's like, wow, oh shit, this is 45 minutes into the movie. What's happened? In this time period, a lot. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not wrong, a lot, dude. It's, a lot happened. It's, it's, but it's none a, of it's a prologue has movie. Any, but none of it has any meaning until later. None of it has any true meaning until later. You have to be immersed, and you have to really ride with this because it, it it's laid out like a slow moving novel, you know. And, and and Denis is filming it that way, right? You know, it's his style filmmaking. It's his beloved material. This was what he wanted to sure. make. They were never going to make a Dune. He told Warner Brothers, "I want to make a Dune movie." Yeah. I don't work. You know, I don't work until I, mean, I make Dune. Yeah, I seriously like. It, like <laughs> I, I love the guy. It, it just cracks me up though thinking about it. But you know, and of course, this I don't know. It, I, I'm inf- looking forward to Dune Part Two a lot because I think it's going to be a lot more effective than the first movie. This entire movie is also just dripping with like symbolism and stuff like that, which is sure, which is very sure, very. very it's nice. I'm not sure. I'm definitely not picking up all of the symbolism, but there's a lot. Of I it think you're going to get more in repeat viewings. Hopefully, yeah. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. So anyway, Jay, uh, we talked about it a lot. Uh, what is your score for? Dune. My score for Dune is a B plus. All right, mine's also a B plus, and all of that score is in the technicality of this movie. It's just gorgeous, and there, there was no bad performance or anything like that. Yeah, performances are all good. Performances are all good. Um, I and I, I, you know, I dug everything that I saw, and I'm intrigued by its story. I just felt like this was an extremely like meandering plot where i was just like can we get to the point and then the movie ends and they're like yeah you're, we're not we're not there yet <laughs> it's it it's such a part one movie you know that's the problem yeah you know it's not quite satisfying enough of the journey where it warrants everything and now you have to wait a couple of years to get the conclusion hey, you've been to saturn i've been to saturn <laughs> tell me something sandworms you hate them right <laughs> All right, Jay. Uh, let's let's briefly talk about a few things that we want to uh, that we would like to discuss in uh, that we can't discuss here in spoiler free. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, Jay. Is there anything about the movie that you want to discuss that that you know we would have to spoil it to discuss it? Oh boy. I mean, obviously, obviously, when we say the movie ends, uh, you know, it. it I it, wish the, Duncan Idaho had a little bit more to do. Yeah, he's a gone bit, a bit. Yeah, he's so, definitely dead. So, so I thought he was pretty badass. I liked him. It was a lot of fun. So major deaths are are Duke Atreides, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac, 
dead. Um, that was a cool way to die. It was a cool way to die. Cool yeah. way to die. Shedding a single tear as he as he bites. It was also a a, a cool way for Skarsgård to survive as he floated up to the top of the ceiling. Yeah, just like oh, well, Did, it's a callback to an old Denny Villeneuve movie called Enemy. Yes, I, I'm not going to spoil anything. I, I watched a video today that, that that told everybody like, did you did you catch on to that? Um, also, the the spider creature in Skarsgård's uh, in 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 the. Uh, eating like it's his pet is like this this creature people are people are theorizing that that pet the spider pet that you see um Mm -hmm. is actually the doctor's wife remember he said that you would release her and he said that they tore her apart and put her back together Uh... i wonder if she's the spider pet because he said she's living in agony oh because remember that spider pet had like Human. And he's supposed to be absolutely Human. brutal. Oh yeah, because in the book, and you don't get enough of it. In the book, it's not a weird spider pet; it's little children used for whatever means he wants. Uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. is dark and evil. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, you don't get that here. And here, Stellan Skarsgård definitely portrays that quite well. Oh uh, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård looks. Did you also notice the moment where uh, he's shirtless and and he's he's very big and obese? And they, in the and, steam room, yeah, and they show his big bald head. He literally, and I don't know what he did this on purpose, but he rubs up and down his bald head and brings it in the exact same way that Marlon Brando did in Apocalypse Now. Huh. He literally does the exact right, same. Right, that, that back head. to front thing, right? And then, yep. yeah, I remember, yeah. It's I a vividly very similar that. scene. I sure. wonder if Villeneuve was like, I would like to invoke some of that here, please. Please and thank you. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Also, like a lot of people say that the uh, that the that the sandworm, like the way he's looking into it, it's him looking into an open eye, and like the the eye is showing him the way, um, and, it, and like him, Paul, and the and 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 the uh, and the sandworm, or they're definitely connecting right. in some way, and the sandworm have a connection. Right, and that's part of what makes him the Messiah. Yeah, and that is true, though. I think that's because it does a little it, bit of a spoiler, but yeah, we're they, in spoilers, so it's okay. No, I know, I know, but, but it almost clicks. It wasn't at clarified it. in this part one. Right. No, yeah, it's not clarified at all. But it, it is clarified that the Fremen don't actually need to fear sandworms in the same way that the that the that the invaders do because they ride them. Well, and they also know how to walk over the sand and not intervene. They know when to go out and about. Right. They live there. They know how to. One of the things that I that, that I did enjoy is like, first off, there is a whole Messiah plot here. Oh, we have to touch on Zendaya. We forgot to do that. We'll do that. Yeah. But but there's there there is this whole Messiah plot that I like because it it does make you feel like Paul is this Messiah, but it casts just enough doubt on it as well to where like maybe he isn't because like even he says when he gets when, when he gets to arrakis as they're all chanting that he's the messiah he goes they're just saying what they're told to say like right and 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 he he's kind of smelling the bullshit on it because he feels like his grandmother has kind of put them well, up to but he's it also he's, he's obviously a very intelligent person but he was also a very sheltered kid so for him to all of a sudden have like all this crazy shit Laying down on him all of a sudden, right? 
And then, of course, we have the... And he's learning these new things. He doesn't really buy it yet. We have the geologist who, kind of, it yet. who kind of works as like a uh, as like an attache between the Freeman and, uh, and, and, and the Atreides. And she kind of, like, when she asked when he put on his suit, she was like, where did you learn to do that with your boots? And he goes, just seemed like the right way. She she whispers to herself, you know, he 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 knows your ways, though he's not born of them. And like it, that, that's another thing. Like, there's all these lines. Yeah, that was little, that was that was a pretty give and tell. Yeah, but but what I love is that like here's a prophecy where we're actually told several different in several different ways. Like, there's actually a prophecy of like th- there's like a list of things that like he will have to hit to be seen as this Messiah to the frame and stuff like that. Um, but we don't know them all just yet, and. But it's what I like about it is it's not like the prophecy of the chosen one from Star Wars, where it's like, what's the prophecy of the chosen one? No one knows. It's just a prophecy that exists that Jedi talk about. That's it. We don't know anything about the prophecy of the chosen one. No one knows. It said that they'll bring balance to the force, but not who, not what, what they'll look like, what what they'll do, how they'll act. They'll just bring balance to the force. How does one do that? Who the fuck knows? Apparently, it's throwing an emperor down a shaft. I don't know. Well, it's pretty much the same way here. Yeah. No, I think here they actually there's there's actual phrases and and there's and and they spell it out. Yeah. But one of the things uh, I need is to watch like, it again. I think like Paul from the beginning is having visions, right? Prophetic Correct. visions of the future, which he says doesn't always come necessar- necessarily they're true. In, they're imperfect, said. right? Because right. his guide to the desert is the man he fights to the death. That's what I wanted to talk about. I was so surprised. I was so surprised by that, right? Because I was like, "Oh, but also oh, his- this is cool. They're gonna fight." And exactly what's going to happen, he's going to make him yield and make him yield. And then we're going to become like best friends. And it didn't happen. It's not how this works. Oh, wow. It's not how this works. And that was a big surprise. And I was like, oh, I like this shit. Yeah. So so, (laughs) so, that was a surprising. So they have that fight. And that guy winds up being nothing. But technically, is he not his guide? Because he is what gets him into the framing. I yeah. Also, I, this is deep. Also, it, it, there's some deep shit in it. There also, one of it. one of his visions, very, very subtle. One of his visions of that fight was of Paul dying. Paul saw himself die at the hands of that man. Mm-hmm. But didn't Paul die at the hands of that man? Because his mother said he's he saw a, someone's blood on that knife. No, he saw his own. Yeah, he yeah, saw well, himself die. And his mother said he's if he didn't commit to it when he when he asked the guy to yield. Javier Bardem's character of Stilgar says it's like says to the mother like this is a fight to the death. Like there is no yield. And she she tells him he's a boy. He's never killed a man. So yeah, that guy was his guide into the desert because. It's his death that allows him to join the Fremen and learn about the desert. And then uh, it is also the death of Paul because the boy, Paul, the child of Paul, died at the moment that he took a man's life. You're right. And I think it's also giving him even more clarity as far as his powers and his understanding of his dreams. Right. Because the the real guide to the desert is Zendaya's character. Zendaya, Zend- Zendaya is is a, a again a lot of different variations of premonitions yeah. and dreams with yeah. her. Shani, uh, there's um, there's one point where where he goes up to where, where she kills him. Where where he uh, goes one one dream. Yeah, in one dream she kills him, but he goes up to the top of the mountain, points the gun at the frame and stuff who are who are, who have his mother, and she comes up behind him and and kind of says like. You didn't choose the easiest path up here because the Fremen are all about conserving water, right? Like even when we meet 
uh, Stilgar, he walks in and he spits on the table, and it's like a shine, a sign of respect that I will waste fluid on, on right. you. I like that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So everyone spits on the table. I did all that. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, but but she tells him like that was. It not, makes sense too. That yeah. that was not the most efficient way to get up here because they are all about efficiency. Efficiency. Don't waste energy because if you waste energy, you 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 perspire. When they're gambling, and they're gambling you, spit. Right. And yeah. if you perspire, you perspire. You you lose water. So being the most efficient way that you can move in this desert is extremely important to them. But. In that in that cave, when they kind of walk in and they see that that they see that desert mouse and its ears are sweating and stuff like that, and it's hiding in kind of like that mucusy cocoony type thing, her voice changes. It goes from the prophetic voice that Paul was hearing in 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 his thoughts, and it changes to her voice, and then she finishes the sentence. So it's almost like she is. She is she is the guide like she she is who he was meant to meet. And we find out through Paul that he's been having prophetic dreams of her practically his entire life mm. for some time before they, they they took over Arrakis. So, yeah, I, you know, she's going to have a huge role in, in part two. Oh, yeah. The, all the framing work. And the, the, the thing whole, about this movie is like it sets up the premise of the framing that they're like these they're they're like these freedom fighters. They're they're fighting a jihad right. against against the invaders and stuff like that. Um however they also work with the invaders and everything right. like that. It's very much the Crusades. And like in Idaho really respected them and he was like yeah. he came back to report he lived, that he he's lived like, among really them like, for several weeks. Yeah, sure. So Yeah, uh, so it, it, it I they, feel like uh, they set up the framing, but they are a major part of the story because Paul. I almost feel like there should be three parts now because I feel like we're we have so much more to chew on. Paul does have a, a prophetic vision about him not only liberating Arrakis but also liberating the entire galaxy, and on top of that, returning to his home and and taking that back from the Emperor as well. And he says that 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 they will worship. The skull of his father, uh, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Like he's having this vision, and we know that we know now that visions are flawed, right? So we don't know whether Paul will actually return there with the Freeman, or whether the Freeman will eventually take over the entire world. And it's also like kind of like this cautionary tale of how religious, uh, you know, religious zeal, how how being a religious zealot can be all encompassing and take over and stuff like that. Like, you know, if you think about Christianity, the way it's spread across the world and has infected the world almost and caused so many wars. I mean, the entire crusades were fought by Christians versus Muslims. It, it's kind of a story that's telling us about that. And is the, the invasion of Freeman of Paul's home planet actually an invasion of them? Or is it just the ideals of the Freeman, the religion of the Freeman taking over everything? And it's something that he sparks. So ergo, when it finally reaches there, it is like he is with them, conquering them, even though he is not. Mm. But also, like the entire point of like his family and 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 what he's inherited from his mother this this power, this this voice that he has, uh, and also the power that he inherits from his father, being the head of House Atreides, is also now going to get morphed into the religion of 
the framing because if he truly is the Messiah, then those other things that he is will also get formed in to the framing because if he's their Messiah, then the things that he believes and the things that are about him right. then become holy and become part of them. Right. And essentially, then he is taking over the galaxy. <laughs> right, right. Even in his death, he can die and the framing could still take Arrakis and then spread across the galaxy and take down the emperor and stuff like that. Because his legend still will right, live and, on. And technically, his his prophecy would still be true because he sparked that. He started that. Yeah, but if he's the Messiah and he sucks down enough spice, he's going to be uh, living for a long time yeah. probably. Yeah. Maybe, so, potentially. We'll see. When I say there's a ton of intrigue here, there's a ton here. It's all speculation if you didn't read the book. If you read the book, you know exactly where everything's going. You know you know where this is going to end. I don't think that any of this is a good I, I end. I, I, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to have a great ending. Yeah, I'm I'm really uh as evident by you falling in love with Duncan Idaho and the second that he hugged Duncan Idaho and mentioned that they were like best friends, I was like motherfucker's going to die saving his life. Has to. Has to. He's a loyal bodyguard. He's he, he's a yeah. loyal soldierman. He's he's a uh you know, he is He's known around the galaxies, right? You right. know, as this great warrior and fighter. Oh, even even the uh, the Harkonnen, these these big bad guys, you know, Stone and Skarsgård, is they hear the name Duncan Idaho and they have reverence for him. They have respect sure. for him. Oh, they can't. They want to the kill best. him for sure, but there's still a respect for Duncan Idaho. So, um, but the second he mentioned he was his best friend, I was like, that's just that's just you know. Fantasy storytelling 101. If you have a best friend and, and he's got to go, he's, he's, he's got, you know, someone there has to be. I, I might try and work. see if I get the uh, I might get the audiobook. I might do that. I'm not sure if it's uh, if that's going to work or not. If I'm going to be breaking, yeah, I don't know. So there, there, there might be so many like words that are not like normal English words in like a sci fi realm and stuff like that. So I tried to do. I tried to do Game of Thrones audiobook and I got lost in like the rhetoric of like all the names of places and the names of families and and things like that. Right. It's w- when I read it, I comprehend it so much more. So, but you also do a lot of traveling, a lot of driving, so I think the audiobook, give it a shot if you don't if you don't like it. I my Amazon Prime account, I think sometimes I get some free audiobooks, I might be able to from, score from that. From from Audible, yeah, which is Amazon. So I might I might I, if I can get that, I'll do it. So, but obviously, I'm not going to read a book. Look, big, <laughs> big fans of Dune who want to take a bite out of our asses. Yeah. <laughs> like, please do because we just butchered this. Like, I'm sorry that I, I, I haven't read the book or anything. I'm sorry I didn't see the 1984 movie. I'm sorry that I didn't see the sci-fi television series. I'm sorry about about it all. Yeah, but this is important. Yeah, like this is we are the majority of the people seeing this movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So our viewpoint. Should be something intriguing for you yeah. guys, the fans of Dune and the property in the book. I will say I did a lot of to see this I didn't do side a lot of, of the research, coin. but I did some research before going into the movie because I didn't want to be completely lost. I, However, I, I made did basic sure, cliff notes of what the story yeah, was. I made yeah. sure I did not spoil myself on ending and stuff like that. So. Oh, I did not. Oh, no, no, no. no. So yeah, yeah, what yeah. I know about the Dune world literally starts and ends with yeah. Dune Part One, and that's and, it. And that's and I know. Where this is going, I don't know, which is what makes me so intrigued for Dune Part 2. And also what makes me want to read the book. <laughs> Maybe. Because I'm so intrigued. But, uh, so yeah, if you guys want to reach out to us, you want to correct anything we said, or you want to impart some some information on us, I am going to ask this. If you are a big Dune book fan and stuff like that, don't don't reach out to us and spoil anything in the future. Josh Brolin already spoiled that his character will be in Dune 2, which I kind of thought was pretty obvious when I didn't see him die. Yes so. and no, though. Yeah. I, I, I had it in my back of my mind where I was going to ask you tonight, and then when I saw him kind of like 
sort of confirm that. I figured because he had such a he had even more of a minor role than Momoa. So you know, oh yeah, you know, I I wasn't surprised to see him coming back for Dune Two. Thanos will return. <laughs> That's sure. for sure. Well, I like him too as an actor. So guys, just reach out to us on our social medias or uh, leave us a voicemail. All the links are in the um are are in are in the description of this episode. Also, um, if you want to leave us a movie fact, maybe leave us a, a Dune fact, maybe leave us a fact about anything that you want. Non-spoilery. Not, not spoiler Dune fact, please. Yeah. Because I, I do, I don't know whether I'm going to read the book like Jay claims that he's going to or listen to the audio book. Maybe I will in the next two years before the sequel comes out. But I would like to go into the sequel uh, in the same frame of mind that I went in going to this, not knowing a whole lot and just being okay with that. Just kind of enjoying the experience as little of it as I as I gathered from it that this movie provided me. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.